And welcome back. It's midday. I'm Tom Hall. By the way, coming up on our show tomorrow, the author and journalist Patricia Meisel joins me to talk about her new book. It's a biography of a pioneering woman in medicine. It's called A Heart Afire, Helen Brooke Tausig's Battle Against Heart Defects, Unsafe Drugs, and Injustice in Medicine. Helen Brooke Tausig, an amazing figure, uh, pretty much unknown uh, outside of the medical community. And uh, Pat Meisel has a really interesting biography of her. So we'll talk about that. Plus, the acclaimed cellist Natalie Klein will preview a concert that she's giving this weekend at the Candlelight Concert Society. And Jay Wynn Ruzick, our theater community, or theater uh, critic, rather, will review Jane Eyre. That's at the Classic Theater of Maryland over in Annapolis. So that's on the way tomorrow. And if you've just joined us today, we're turning our focus to some of Maryland's counties. My next guest is Susan O'Neill, the executive director of the Upper Shore Regional Council, which coordinates economic development efforts in Queen Anne's, Kent, and Cecil County. She joins us on Zoom. Hey, Susan, welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Thank you. And this listen- is very exciting. And can I just tell your audience, a little nerve-wracking. Well, you know, we, we, we got to keep people on their toes, and we're glad that you're you're here, and I'm sure you're going to survive. 410-662-8780 is our number. Our email, midday at wipr.org. would love to hear from listeners over on the Upper Shore about what's going on in your community. So, Susan, this regional council uh, is one of several around the states. Tell us about how they're, they're structured and what they do. Uh, that's correct, Tom. The state of Maryland has five regional councils. Um, Each one represents three rural communities. Um, There's one in Western Maryland. It's the Tri-County Council of Western Maryland, um, Southern Maryland. And then you just go straight down the Eastern Shore. There's three of us um, starting up with Cecil and going all the way down through uh, Ocean City. And the the idea is really to give a, a forum, an opportunity for local, county, state, federal, um, groups to come together and see what kind of common issues there are and if there are common solutions um, for the area. And do you find that uh, the differences, the, the the challenges that each of the counties, Queen Anne's, Kent, and Cecil are facing, uh, are pretty similar, or uh, is there you know is there any tension between the three jurisdictions? Do they do they have different needs, different priorities? Uh, no, actually. Um, no, not at all. Um, we have three counties that um, they are fabulous counties and they work well together and in, in earnest want to collaborate. I mean, obviously each county might have their own unique issues. For instance, you know, Cecil County is, um, you know, in a different metropolitan area it's in Wilmapco versus being in the Baltimore one. Um, you know, Queen Anne's County has to deal directly with Um, the Chesapeake Bay Bridge and issues along with that. But other than that, the three counties have very similar issues when it comes to um, transportation, rural health, uh, workforce development along those lines. So there's, uh, I have great counties. Cecil County, you know, has uh, towns like Elkton and Perryville and Rising Sun. 
uh, Kent County, you have Galena, you have Chestertown, a beautiful, wonderful community, uh, Rock Hall, you've got Queen Anne's, uh, Centerville, uh, Sudlerville, Queenstown. So there are some, some towns in there as well as farming communities. And as you mentioned, you know, it's around the I-95 corridor. So uh, you know, there's there's uh, you know different needs when it comes to stuff like the Bay Bridge and the extension of that, etc. Um, what t- talk about the, um, the 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 mission of your organization, the Upper Shore Regional Council? What what are you hoping to accomplish when you go to work every morning? Uh, we're hoping to to make the communities, um, you know. Well, hoping to help the communities. So, because of the rural, of the nature of rural communities, the, there's a lower population, there's lower density. It's more spread out. So, um, it's an opportunity to try to tackle similar issues such as transportation. But can we do it on a regional level? So, each county that might have uh, less resources available to them don't have to necessarily tackle it all on their own if they're dealing with similar issues. Um, for instance they all three communities want to really grow the small agricultural businesses and what we try to do at the regional level is take some state funding opportunities that we have and like for instance we created um, a micro ag grant program so it was easier for us as the regional council to create that program for each county to take advantage of it than it was for each county to go after that funding on their own and hopefully that makes some sense and um you know for instance we also have a a farm incentive fund that we have partnered with um, marbidco to help farmers who want to um, either purchase new farmers who want to purchase um, land or they want to purchase new equipment and it made more sense for us to have a regional uh, fund program that each county can advocate for can utilize and having each county on their own go after it. I'm interested that the um, the average household income in the Upper Shore is about $102,000 a year. That seems pretty good to me. Uh, that seems like a, a lot of money. There's There's been a slight population growth in the last few years. Uh, in 2019, about 176,000 people. Now it's about 180,000 in uh, 2024. So there is some growth. It's happening incrementally. It's happening uh, steadily. Um, but I was also fascinated to find uh, that a majority or, or almost a majority of the residents of the Upper Shore are between the ages of 20 and 44. That's a young workforce. That's a young uh, residential base. Um, that's interesting. And, and are new businesses who are thinking about relocating in the Upper Shore, uh, are they are they attracted by that, uh, that little factoid? Um, they are. They are attracted. They are attracted by that. Um, it, it comes with its own um, set of issues where, yes, there is a younger uh, population, younger workforce, but one of the issues that we have that we're tackling is transportation. So you may have a business that's very interested in that age group of um, potential workers, but then you have to get into, can you get them to where you work or, or where you want to land? And, and that becomes another issue, not like, for instance, Kent County does not have its own transportation system or Cecil and Quinians do. And, and this is one of the four, uh, uh, opportunities forums that 
that the regional council provides of how can we assist Kent County as they are tackling transportation with the expertise of Cecil and Queen Anne's and as their opportunity to cross those lines to help with the overall transportation. So yeah, businesses are interested in that. Um, the the other part of that, and, and there's a lot of exciting things going on, so I don't necessarily wanna sound all down, but the other part of that also is the access to technology and broadband. And um, broadband I know is a universal issue and a problem. Um, I feel like it's especially tough in the rural communities just because of how far the middle mile has to go. And then that becomes an issue also with business attraction and workforce attraction. Yeah, that middle mile is something we hear a lot about. What, what do folks mean when they talk about the middle mile when it comes to broadband? So the middle mile and, and uh, you know, I am not a broadband expect, <laughs> expert by any means, but um, being involved a little bit in the issues. It's it's getting it from the main global tech center of information to the end provider. Um, so for instance, if your house, your end provider at your house is say, uh, you know, Verizon, it's that middle mile of trying to get the actual fiber and network set up and one of the issues that rural communities have, and also it's affecting farmers. Um, it's affecting farmers a lot because trying to keep up with the technology of farming equipment requires that. Well, it, you know, it might be literally a three mile drive down into the farm. So it's that middle mile. And hopefully I, I did a somewhat decent job of explaining that. Some of my broadband friends might be calling me and giving me a hard time, but. Hopefully that clarified it. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, so much of the new farming technology is Internet-based. And if you're out there in the field uh, and you've got this great machine, uh, but you need an Internet connection in order to make it work, doesn't do you any good uh, if there's no broadband out there. Now, uh, I understand that your council, the Upper Shore uh, Regional Council, is uh, part of uh, something called the Maryland Broadband Cooperative. You were a founding member of that. What kind of work do they do uh, addressing this problem? Yeah, and, and the Upper Shore Regional Council was a founding member and um, the council and all the entities that, that made, you know, the um, governing body that made those decisions really get a lot of accolades for helping that. I do not. Um, that was before my time. But the Maryland Broadband Cooperative was created with other regional councils to really tackle some of this middle mile issues um, in in the rural communities. So... They are member oriented, and then they also go after nonprofit. They're nonprofits, so they have to go. They go after um, different grants to help um, supplement some of that middle mile cost. Susan O'Neill is the executive director of the Upper Shore Regional Council. We're talking about Queen Anne's, Kent, and Cecil counties in particular. Four one zero six six two eight seven eight zero. Our email midday at wypr. And Susan, we have. Uh, a message from Leslie who says, I lived in Queen Anne's for 15 years, but I recently had to move due to a lack of senior services and additional services and programming such as adult ed or group activities. There should be more to do there besides go to work and go to bars. Uh, interesting. So there is uh, an aging population uh, all over the place, including in rural areas. But, um, you know, is, is Leslie's uh, concern one that you hear a lot from uh, the businesses and the organizations you deal with? 
say I per se hear a lot of it because um, I'm not, you know, I'm not day in and day out on the ground um, in Queen Anne's County, um, but I have heard of it and it is uh, the older population. It's, a, it's an issue all the way around because it also becomes an issue when it comes to health and health care and getting access to the health care and not to, to be, you know, and I sound like a, a broken wheel here, but um, it gets back to transportation, yeah. you know, and how do we, how do you make it cost effective to create a transportation or a route system to get individuals to activities that say there is activities at Chesapeake College? Well, the other, the other issue that you run into with rural communities is not, there's not lots of Ubers, you know, there's not lots of lift opportunities or taxi opportunities just because of the, the, the nature of rural being low density, you know, I mean, low pop, you know, low density, low population. Um, and Queen Anne's County right around the, you know, the Stevensville, Ken Island area is high uh, tourism. Um, so yes, there are, there are a lot of, a lot of bars, but we do hear that issue um, about, and like I said, it comes down to transportation. We'll talk more about transportation on the other side of a quick break. Susan O'Neill is the executive director of the Upper Shore Regional Council. You can join our conversation when we come back, 410-662-8780, our email, midday at wipr.org. We'd particularly love to hear from folks in Queen Anne's, Kent, and Cecil counties about your experience living on the Upper Shore. And before we go to a break, each week here on Midday, it is our practice to read the names of the people who have lost their lives to violence in Baltimore City and to list their names on the Midday webpage. We do so to stand in witness to their untimely deaths and to remember their families and friends in their hour of grief. So far this year, 23 people have been identified as victims of homicide in our city. Police have identified four people who were killed last week. They are Melvin White, age 55, Odell Curtis, age 40, Ricardo Brooks Waters, age 32, and Milo Turner. He was 30 years old. It's midday. I'm Tom Hall. We'll be right back. This is Baltimore's NPR News Station, 88.1 WYPR. And welcome back. It's midday. If you've just joined us today, it's midday on the counties. My guest is Susan O'Neill, the executive director of the Upper Shore Regional Council, which works to develop opportunities for residents, workers, and businesses in Queen Anne's, Kent, and Cecil counties. The Maryland Department of Commerce reports that a third of the population of those three counties is between the ages of 20 and 44, as I mentioned earlier. The department points to a low cost of living and above average household income to make the case that the Upper Shore is an ideal location 
for agriculture and business. If you live on the Upper Shore, if you don't and you have a question about the Upper Shore, give us a call, 410-662-8780. Our email is midday at wipr.org. So, Susan, when it comes to transportation, we mentioned broadband. That's a challenge in uh, your rural area as well as rural areas around the country. Uh, transportation, another issue. Uh, farms and, uh, you know, uh, the poultry factories, places like that uh, have need for workers and then the need to get the workers from where they're living to the places of employment. Um, wh- what are you what are you hoping uh, might might be the, the ultimate outcome uh, if you're successful in, in improving the transportation? I mean, is there enough uh, need for it that, that a, you know, a bus system could be, uh, could be developed? Uh, would, would there be enough people using it? Uh, what, what, what seems to be the common wisdom about what the smartest way to go is when it comes to a transportation system in counties like, you know, Queen Anne's, Kent, and Cecil? So that's um, that is the beauty, I think, of the of a regional council is we are able to um, research and look at what other rural communities across the United States has done, um, provide some of that information, but we're also able to be um, more intimate about the solutions and we can make the solutions work for the communities as we go along and we don't have a a solution per se to tout at the moment but what we do have is a great team in cecil kent and queen anne's and working with the state and um the Marva community transit on how do we tackle this and what is a five-year plan if we want i, I just say five year because that always seems to be five years or ten years is the magical number with plans and and how do we start building up that system and is the upper shore regional council need to go after federal funding to help set up not only the plan but let's say this transportation plan that the community itself and maybe that's what i mean when i say intimate the community themselves come up with a solution the combination of the businesses and the social services and the government saying this is what we think needs to work however it is going to run at a deficit for two years until we can get it to X. And, and that's the pivotal role that we can we can play in there is how do we go after funding or other type of partnerships to help provide what what the communities need. Um, and I, I know I kind of opened the door with the transportation and I do want to um, do shout out of sorts to to Leslie, I believe it was Leslie who had, had sent you the email. We we fully encourage, you know, go to our website, leave us leave us a note or call us with your ideas. And um, that's one of the other things I just absolutely love about working with the Upper Shore Regional Council and working with these great counties is we do everything and all staff at the counties levels, the municipality levels, and and with the regional council to cut through as much red tape and try to get to a solution as as quickly as possible within within you know the the confines or the means of the rules but so if leslie has some thoughts and and from her perspective of how things could be tackled you know i i encourage her to reach out and let us know um but back to your transportation question i don't know if that really answered it um but there's there's simple things it's a it's a chicken egg situation and how do we stop that cycle of a business wants to come 
but they can't get the employees. So they were not going to come until we do the transit system, but the transit system's not going to come until you justify the business coming. So can the upper shore come in there and kind of break that cycle? Yeah, it's a difficult chicken and an egg, as you say, uh, situation. Um, and of course, when it comes to transportation, there's sometimes uh, in some areas where the problem is too much traffic. Uh, the problem isn't not enough traffic. It's too much traffic. We have an email from Mary Beth, who's in Queen Anne's, who says, I've been living in Queen Anne's County for almost 20 years, and the traffic is ridiculous. There's a development going right yeah. up across Route 50 from the outlets, and the summer traffic already backs up about 20 miles from the bridge on Sundays, not to mention the backups all weekend long. It's not just Ken Island that suffers from the traffic, says Mary Beth. It's all along the Route 50 corridor, and it's becoming a problem all year long. And, of course, as we've done stories about that here on Midday, uh, we talk about the public safety implications for that. You know, there are ambulances that can't get through. There are fire trucks that can't get through when the backups are that that long. So it's a, it's a delicate balance trying to figure out how to move people around uh, and do it in a way that, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't create uh, problems on the other end. Well, and, and the other the other side of that, not the other side of it, but another uh, another aspect of the transportation issue is with um, I don't know how familiar the audience is with Middletown, Delaware has done nothing but have a huge boom. And and it's right there on Kent County and, and basically within spitting distance of Cecil County and the amount of trucks that now come through these tiny little communities. And there's a safety issue there. And then there's also just the wear and tear on the trucks. And um, so transportation, it, you know, I don't want to say it's a necessary evil because that sounds terrible. But it definitely needs to, you know, be tackled on both ends. Not only the, the amount of tourism traffic that affects some of the residential communities, but also the amount of business traffic that also affects the residential communities. How about housing? That's another challenge uh, that you have, again, for the workforce there on the farms and in the businesses and some of these towns. Uh, what, what's your take and what's your approach on the regional council uh, to address the housing needs? So the housing um, is definitely a, an issue. Um, we have been working more intimately, uh, I don't know, like, um, with Kent County. Kent County does not have its own housing authority. Um, so we have been trying to uh, connect them also with, with Cecil and Queenie Anne's and some of the housing issues. But what we really, and so we've been doing funding some housing studies and, and visuals are always great to have a map to see where is your housing located? What is the quality of the housing? What kind of repair needs to be housed? I mean, what kind of repair needs to take place in these housing areas? And then that, that also has its own ripple effect into um, a lot of the senior housing where you have the population that's aging along the lines. But Another, the big issue also is is the workforce. There's, there's not a lot of opportunity for workforce housing, and that is twofold. It's one for individuals that want to come and work at maybe a, a large business that comes to the area. Is there really affordable housing or available housing for them? And then on the other side of that is also when you get into farmers who um, are looking for work for just seasonal workers. And where are they housed? And a lot of that is is just back to the to typical issues of a rural community. You know, it, there's not you don't expect to go into a rural community and see lots of apartment complexes. So how do you also 
tackle that. I know um, in the past, dealing some businesses have just chosen to um, build their own housing. Now, it's very, very few businesses that have done that because you have to be of a certain mass. Um, there's also been businesses that have tackled, not tackled the housing problem by utilizing lo local um, hotels, which is great for the hotel, but then it has its own effect on tourism if hotels um, aren't available. So what the Upper Shore has done, as I said, was we've um, we've sponsored some housing studies so um, the government entities can actually see a visual. They have a more of an idea what they need to tackle, where they need to tackle it. Can we help them go after funding for some of those issues? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, as, you know, as you say, uh, these are complicated, complex uh, challenges and problems, uh, but, you know, there's so many beautiful things. I mean, you know, towns like Chestertown and Rising Sun and Rock Hall, some of my favorite places in the world uh, to go, and uh, that's uh, an opinion shared by many people. So I appreciate, Susan, your perspective on uh, the challenges that are faced and how you all are addressing them. Thanks so much. Well, and thank you so much for having me on here. It's great to actually talk about it and hear people's input and I highly encourage people to take a beautiful drive and visit our small towns. And I'm, I second that emotion. Susan O'Neill is the executive director of the Upper Shore Regional Council. That's it for us today. Coming up tomorrow, we'll talk about a book about Helen Brooks Tausig, and we'll talk to a cellist named Natalie Klein, and we'll have a theater review with Judy Rusick. I'm Tom Hall. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day. You're listening to Baltimore's NPR News Station, member-supported 881 WYPR.